It's uh, the 27th of September, and you know what that means. It's another episode of Auto Catch Up. This week, we've got a little bit to talk about, um, but we're going to keep it nice and brief because we've got a race uh, in Sochi, Formula One, uh, on a little bit earlier than we expect on a Sunday night. So that's going to be a fun one. Um, but a little bit to talk about. We've got uh, the new BMW M3 and M4, and that very polarizing front grill uh gr yaris sales uh kind of surprising if you listen to our last episode um you'll be surprised to hear some of the numbers on that uh we've also got volkswagen's id4 the mac egt uh and it's sprint time but uh to talk through all of that with me i've got joel strickland welcome back joel thanks ash how you been you're holding up quite well yeah trying to mate uh yeah not a lot happening here unfortunately in terms of uh things happening in victoria we're still under lockdown a curfew list as of tomorrow morning but still we're not allowed to do a whole lot of stuff so yeah there's not a lot really happening but i've kept myself busy this week uh i managed to finally get myself subscribed up to apple tv to watch the latest um long way up series with ewan mcgregor and charlie borman uh, and yeah, it's uh, it's definitely worth a, a worth a watch. This new series, the cinematography in it is absolutely brilliant. The change in technology from previously, but the guys are now um, are now doing it all on electric. So they're running on uh, the Harley Davidson live wire uh, bikes, and they've got two of the Rivian um, RT R1Ts uh, that they're um, got as their support vehicles. So yeah, fascinating <laughs> stuff um, to watch, and highly highly recommend um, checking the series out. And it's the is this the third uh, yeah, series of the third one? So they did yeah. long way long way round, which was um, the two BMW bikes from London to New York, um, mm-hmm. across through Eurasia, um, Alaska into the US, and then they did long way down, which was from um, Scotland to Cape Town in South Africa, again on a set of BMW bikes. Um, but this time, yeah, they're going all electric, so they're running electric Harley Davidson bikes that were built and specifically for them by Harley Davidson. Mm-hmm. The first episode is unbelievably fascinating in terms of what they achieved and what they did with Harley Davidson's involvement. Um, and the good thing this time is because they're using the Rivian um, trucks as their support vehicles, there's, there's an, they go to Rivian and actually talk with Rivian. So the, the two trucks that they're using are the first two VIN-numbered Rivian vehicles. Wow. Um, of the R1T, so it's it's absolutely fascinating um, watching them go to the factory and talk to the guys and the guys building them and yeah, it's it's really really interesting. I've just uh, watched episode four today, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just absolutely brilliant. Like it's really really fascinating just the way that these cars are designed and the way the bikes work and the difference with temperature when they start in the cold on their range compared to what they get when they get to the heat. So yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's really, really, really interesting. And it really makes you think about what is possible with electricity mm-hmm. now. And, um, the fact that Rivian assisted in installing a whole lot of fast chargers along their route to assist them, like spent money of their own to, yeah. to assist with this process is just absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, that's pretty cool. Now, do I have to have watched the first two to get context no, of it or no, can I dive guy, straight in? You can dive straight in because the yeah. guys 
and the beauty with with your Apple TV subscription, if you want to, like I'm doing now, is rewatching the old ones in between episodes because you get the first the first three launched straight away, and then there's a week bit to wait a week yeah. for episode four. Mm-hmm. So what I'm now, I've just gone back and finished watching. I had started watching Long Way Round beforehand, and now once I'm going to start watching, I've started watching Long Way Down. But they recap roughly what it, what it's about and, and talk about it. But each journey is very different, so you don't have to have watched them. But yeah, there is cool. a little bit of context, and they do refer to them a couple of times. But because Great. this is its own journey, it's a little bit yeah. different. So. Ah, uh, cool. Because I've been the the DVDs themselves are really hard to find. You can't just yeah. walk into a JB Hi-Fi. I've been scouring like the marketplaces to see, you know, who is selling their copies of it because yeah. that so far is the only way that I've been. Well, I, I watched, but it's good that I don't have to to jump in. That's no. um. That's so handy. I watched half of or three quarters of Long Way Round on DVD, and then yeah. I signed up for Apple TV when the new one launched, um, or Apple TV Plus as it's called. Uh, and watch the rest of them, and they're actually the same. So the oh, okay. series, because there is, there were a very of series. So mm-hmm. when the TV series first came out, the DVDs were actually slightly longer. So uh, this okay. is actually the same as the DVD series. Oh, cool. But I've just ordered the first two books online as well. So um, I've got them coming to read them as well once uh, once they arrive. So a friend of mine in the states has been reading the book, and uh, he reckons it's brilliant. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's fantastic. Well, um, be I'll, I'll be ju- trying to jump into that this week because I've been really curious to to check out it, and then I'll probably uh, yeah try and jump on the other series as well. But um, but look, I've uh, been keeping busy this week by um, going out and checking out the new Rolls Royce Ghost Extended. Um, now, if a Rolls Royce Ghost wasn't big enough for you, or even if the Rolls Royce Phantom is too large well haven't i got something that's just right for you um the go the ghost extended uh, is 17 centimeters longer than the standard rolls royce ghost it adds about a hundred and something thousand dollar premium over the regular ghost but that extra 17 centimeters is purely for those rear passengers there's there's no other bits that are longer it is purely for the leg room and enjoyment for those rear passengers and if you're buying one of those chances are you're probably going to be having someone drive it for you so you're going to be reaping the absolute benefit in the extended model um it is a truly massive vehicle when you look at it and it's kind of hard to to imagine a phantom a regular phantom being even bigger than that um but rolls royce were very conscious of not wanting to eat into that phantom um space which they've carved out because obviously the phantom is still the you know it is the flagship for the brand it is the the one that sort of if anybody thinks of rolls royce that's what people think of and um they've been very conscious not to eat into that little part of the market but they know that um there are people out there that do want that sort of in between and and this is who it's for it's got a larger v12 than before so it's 6.75 liters this time it has slightly more power slightly more talk uh, but the incredible thing is that with the twin with with the turbochargers attached the 800 and i think it's 850 newton meters of torque is available from just 1600 rpm so barely press the throttle and you're getting 100% of the torque that's available you don't have to build through the power band to get it it's it's right there 
and um, the materials are fantastic. Like it's it's exactly what you would expect of a, of a Rolls Royce. Um, there's leather everywhere. This car had every option on it. Uh, it had the Starlight uh, sunroof where it's got the perforated leather and the hundreds or even thousands of tiny little LEDs are poking through to to create any constellation that you want. And um, that constellation or that layout you spec yourself at the factory. So that's what it comes as. Um, but yeah, it is a, you know, it's one of those vehicles that you look at and you just see the craftsmanship everywhere you look. Um, the, they've added a hundred kilos of sound ending over the previous model, which is kind of, a, you know, it's a funny thing to think of car makers are usually taking out weight, um, to save, you know, for, for efficiency and for performance, but Mercedes, uh, not Mercedes, a uh, Rolls Royce are adding that back into the car. And yet, um, even with the larger, more powerful engine, uh, you're not actually sacrificing that in fuel economy either. So the efficiency side of things actually remains roughly about the same as the previous model, which I think is kind of cool. Um, but if you do want to check out the video, we do actually have a video of the walk around of that particular vehicle up on our YouTube channel. Uh, so you can just search for Daily Auto Fix on YouTube and you'll be able to find that video there. And um, we didn't get a chance to drive this. This was a left-hand drive show car. Um, so it won't be necessarily, it's been towed everywhere because it can't be driven on our roads. Uh, but been talking with Rolls-Royce and either when they do get some stock cars in or they are working on a drive program at some point and uh, that's when we'll be able to get our hands on and, and opportunity to get behind the wheel and, and sort of see what it's like from from that point of view. Because it's beautiful when it's not moving, um, but I think uh, the special experience is obviously when it is it's underway um, and going places. So yes, stick around for that. Um, but in the uh, on, on the absolute flip side, the, I was driving the Nissan Juke STL, um, so that's uh, the second highest model. It it's thirty six, thirty seven thousand dollars drive away, which isn't too bad in terms of price. Um, there are a few quirks to get used to. It does have a seven speed dual clutch transmission connected to a one liter, three cylinder engine. You've got eighty four kilowatts of power. Um, I think it's about one hundred and twenty newton meters of torque. So it's not. I think it might even be one hundred and eighty newton meters of torque, but it's not nothing too crazy. But once you sort of get underway, you do get a nice little bit of pep out of it but there is just a little bit of um a little bit of turbo lag definitely present there um which would be nice to sort of see refined out maybe in a future you know sort of model update or something like that um but you've got all the all the features that you kind of expect in that stl um you don't get the personal audio bose system that you do get in the ti i'd love to try that out but they don't have a that's only on the ti that's interesting yeah um, I thought it was on the STL when I booked the car in because um, I kind of expected Nissan to make the that model because it is kind of like the defining feature of the Nissan Juke available for, for us to sort of play around with, but they don't have that vehicle up here in Queensland. Um, so maybe once we get a bit closer to, to be able to drive again down in Victoria, we, we'll see if there's one down there available for yeah. you to check out. Because that's, that's for me, it's, it's going like that's a really cool feature mm. um, and, and really unique because it obviously leverages on what Bose have been doing with their personal audio um, shoulder rest that they've got. Mm. Um, 
and they've taken that technology and applying it straight into the car. And so I'd love to experience that or even have someone who, you know, like yourself, who can actually sort of say, well, what does it add to the overall experience mm. in What's the car? Like for an audio point of view. Yeah. Um, but I think, and, and given that it's only a couple, you know, I know it's only a couple thousand, but it's, it is only a couple thousand dollars between the STL and the TI. And um, I think for that, plus a couple of other than nice, you know, the nice features that you get from a top spec vehicle could almost sort of sway the balance because performance wise, it's same across the board from the entry level to, you know, the top level. Um, so yeah, it's just one of those things that um yeah i'd love to love to experience and compare hopefully maybe we get one down the line but yeah it's uh, a couple of quirks we will have a video out again uh this week for for people to check out so yeah, you can sort of catch our full thoughts and and everything in there but um, I'm, I'm constantly watching this clock because we do have the Sochi race and I don't want to miss the start because it's normally the most in- interesting part of the race. <laughs> it's, it's usually the rest of the race is boring. It's usually the uh, the first corner or so that's uh, the most interesting part. But let's let's run through some of the, uh, the motorsport news, Joel. Yeah, so to top it off today, we have a new... Supercar champion-elect, uh, Scotty McLaughlin, um, had another dominating weekend at the track. Yeah. He won yesterday's race. He won first race today um, and finished second uh, in um, today's second race, which was won by Cam Waters from uh, in the Monster Energy uh, Mustang, which is Cam's second win, but first ever win by himself. His last win was at Santa 500, so... Great to see Cam Waters getting his win. But as I said, Scotty's now got enough points gap to take out the championship, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, he's now being crowned the champion, uh, which is uh, really, really good. Uh, but moving forward for him, he can now go to Bathurst and basically attempt. He said he's just going to cut sick on the mountain and <laughs> go for to try and take the win because yeah. once he finishes there, he's off to he's on a plane and off to IndyCars. Yeah, to that's do right. His, to do his first first uh, race there, so um, he currently says that he has a contract with. Uh, DGR Team Penske for 2021, but whether that uh, becomes that changes and becomes a contract for IndyCar, who knows? But uh, good to see him wrap up the championship with a round to go. Uh, yeah. So that was uh, it was pretty exciting to to see that all sort of wrap up today. But looking forward to Bathurst in uh, in three weeks. Um, some other news: um, IndyCar are already talking about next season, and they're going to run in Nashville, which will be pretty cool. Um, on an interesting street circuit um, that'll actually take the drivers across the bridge um, over the river in downtown yeah, Nashville, okay. wow. which looks looks pretty spectacular. Um, they're going to base themselves out of the paddock at Nissan Stadium, uh, which is um, the major stadium that's in downtown Nashville. Um, so yeah, that's pretty exciting to see that. Uh, I'm excited to see what Scotty does for his race um, in St. Pete. Uh, in Florida after uh, after the after Bathurst, which um, is which as I said the week after. So, and if he goes to IndyCar next year, which I really hope he does, I don't think he really needs to stay and prove himself uh, unless he doesn't win Bathurst and he wants mm. to have another shot. Um, but he can always come back and become a co-driver for Fabs or something like that. Would would be really cool. Or whoever they if they replace. There's also rumours that um, Penske will pull out of supercars at the end of this year um, and it could just become 
something else. Uh, we don't know because Penske have already pulled out of uh, IMSA in the US. They um, had they pulled out of the Acura program for the DPIs over there. So that's going to be taken on by a new team, um, but Acura is still continuing. So who knows what will happen with um, DGR Team Penske for next year. Um, but the other interesting news that we had last weekend was Le Mans, which saw Toyota win again. Um, was really some good racing, but at that event last weekend, Peugeot announced that they're returning to, to take on the endurance race in 2022 uh, with, with their Peugeot Sport banner. Um, so they're going to be running in this new uh, this new class that there is going to effectively replace um, the top top class. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be exciting for for fans to see to see what they're doing in in terms of in that respect. So mm. that's exciting. Um, to see more manufacturers being involved in that. Toyota have also announced that they, sh- they actually drove at Le Mans their um, GR uh, concept that they're going to run as well. So, um, yeah, it's exciting to see what's happening um, in that respect in terms of what's going on with um with Le Mans and, you know, now that they're moving away from this this current format to, to yeah. move into this new one. Um, and the last little bit, uh, now that I'm a bit of a, well, I've always been a fan of Rivian, but even more of a bigger fan, the Rivian are now running their R, R1T uh, in the Rebel Rally, which is the um, all-female navigation rally held over 10 days through California and Nevada. So it's going to be interesting to see cool. what happens with that and how that goes, um, particularly the way that these system launch, these, this system works. Uh, it's interesting to see how um, they'll go because obviously the car that they're obviously running there is possibly one that may have been one of the cars that they used from um, – from Long Way Up because Long, Long, Long Way Up yeah. was filmed about 12 months ago. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether it is one of those or whether it's a, you know, another vehicle. But, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting to see in terms of um, what's been happening or what's happening with uh, them getting involved from a motorsport point of view. Wow, yeah, well, that's a – yeah, it's a – I think it's this – as electric vehicles really start to – really pick up in sales the you know brands are going to find you know try and find ways to differentiate themselves or at least prove themselves pretty much no different to how car companies did you know with their sports car models or even you know uh any other set of brands right Subaru with the wrx um you know there's so many brands that have gone down this route of proving themselves in motorsport to to showcase a new technology or in this case you know the capability of their electric vehicles and the reliability the range all that kind of thing so i think we're going to see a lot more of this We, we see jaguar with the ipace um you know, it's racing series. Um, so I think it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting, interesting period with all of these um, different brands having a go out of it. And, and obviously a brand like Rivian, uh, who is definitely on the smaller side uh, to even, you know, position themselves in this way as well. But, yeah, it's, um, it's, in, it's interesting to see and, and we can ho- hope that we see more of this moving in and the flow on effect. We've talked about the extreme series and yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, it'll be um we'll be interesting to see how the car goes. 
Absolutely. Well, let's jump into some local news. Uh, the biggest news that came out this week, I think, um, is the controversial BMW M3 and M4. And I mean controversial because the comments dominating even social media um, on our channels, the official channels, even, you know, such as BMW, um, the comments are dominated by the nose, the front grill. Um, we haven't seen, we've had jokes running around, you know, how big can BMW grills get? Because uh, they have had a bit of a, a trend at the moment in getting larger and larger and larger, particularly if you compare like an E30 uh, 3 Series um They've got tiny little grills, and now you look at the three series now, and it's <laughs> what is it like three, four times larger than that? But um, yeah, it's a big, it's a big change. But unfortunately, it's overshadowed. I think what BMW have achieved with the M3 and the M4, the M3 being the four door sedan, the M4 being the two door two door coupe, um, because this time, so they still have the six cylinder inline power plant. So that's the, the BMW M twin power turbo. Um, this time, you know, with 375 kilowatts of power, 650 new meters of torque, creating a zero to 100 time in 3.9 seconds. And that's for the M3 and M4 competition spec. Um, and also this time they do have, they, they've just got a, a an automatic transmission. So it's not a, an M, you know, SMG, a DCT or anything like that. It is an eight-speed M Steptronic transmission with drive logic for the ultra-fast precise ships. And I've seen a few people poo-poo the automatic transmission online. And I can't help but point out going, hang on, how long have Mercedes been running automatic uh, transmissions in the AMG vehicles, uh, even if you go all the way to like the, the AMG uh, or the McLaren, uh, the Mercedes McLaren SLR um, running an automatic transmission. And that was one of the fastest cars in the world at the time. But with this, the eight speed automatic is from what I can understand the, the same transmission that has been lighting up, um, all over performance cars everywhere. Um, if this, from what I understand, it is the the ZF eight speed and brands like Maserati. Uh, who who isn't running an eight speed transmission these days for performance? Um, and these made their way in the M performance vehicles first, and they were the ones who brought in launch control for those vehicles. So, yeah, it's um, there's certainly a lot of advantages whilst also balancing the need for fuel economy um, and efficiency figures that are very important in Europe. So they've been able to find the balancing act for that. And um, yeah, I'm not worried about that at all. But the manual is still available as well. Well, that's right. So that's the next thing. So if you, but if you're really sensitive to that, well, lucky for you, they, they do still have the six speed manual transmission that's available. Um, So if you really want that pure, driving experience particularly if you're not visiting a track because these days the automatics and the dual clutch transmissions are going to they're going to eat you alive on the track but if you want a pure road driving experience that six speed is available for you and um so yeah so i think that's cool 
At the moment, you will have two options in terms of drive system as well. So at the moment from launch, it will be only the rear-wheel drive configuration, um, but with the MX drive all-wheel drive system coming uh, for competition models in late 2021. So I think that's cool. It keeps, you know, again, it balances and offers a pure driving experience on top of a pure performance-focused uh, experience. And so BMW have really done a lot of work in terms of balancing what, uh, you know, what I think two sets of customers they have for these vehicles and what they're wanting from it. Um, as well as the other thing is you do have M traction control as well as an M drift analyzer. So if you want to light up the rear tires around the track and, and have some fun drifting, the system is going to allow you to do that. So you don't have to disable all the safety gear. You're going to be able to do it in a, in a, in a what I would say is a, a bit more of a safer mode where it does remain a little bit of control, but it doesn't allow to, you know, uh, to, to, I don't know, make things a little bit too hard that you're putting yourself or the car at risk. Um, and I think for the first time, which I think is quite cool, I know there's a lot of stuff we've got in here, um, but the M carbon bucket seats in the photos, they look awesome. I love uh, the look of it. But, yeah, um, from from initial things that I can see, people are ordering the 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 number the order numbers are going quickly i think at the moment the delivery time frame at the moment uh some people are saying a february at the moment the the initial orders from what i have seen on some oh, facebook groups so it's not too of, bad the middle of q1 so yep so it's right into what they're saying i know that some dealers are doing like a closed room preview in november i don't know if they're they're going to be like left-hand drive show cars, but they could also be um, some of the early press vehicles, maybe perhaps uh, doing the rounds to sort of secure up some of those things. But yeah, I think it looks great. I think I like the specs, what I'm seeing. I do like the the flexibility for people um, to, to sort of have the different types of um, driving experiences from these vehicles. I think caters that, you know, quite well. And um, yeah, if you just want all that performance, the competition models with X drive and everything like that are going to be the ones for you. And those particular models are going to be coming sort of late 2021. Um, it seems, but yeah, I like it. What do you think, uh, Joel? Yeah, look, it's one of those things we were talking about it before we started recording that there's been a few different images that have floated around during the week. And depending on the way you look at it, some of them are actually, you know, make it look, totally different so um i wrote an opinion piece or commented on an opinion piece during the week and kind of left it open-ended and said look you know yeah sure it's polarizing and you know it's not everyone's not a fan but i think until we see them here i think that'll be the big deal when they when you see them on the road and depending what colors they arrive in i think that's when you sort of make your final call on the on the decision but it's got something for everyone it's got you know rear wheel all wheel manual auto um you know, you can add stuff to it, you know, in terms of the tech and all that. So, yeah, I think it's exciting. It's it's obviously ready to hit the market. And I think it's, you know, bring it on. Let's see them yeah. when they're here. Yeah. 
Well, uh, another one that I'm ready to see here is the GR Yaris. But, um, and I don't think we'll be short of seeing uh, Plenty on the Road because out of those 1,000 that we spoke about with Mick last week um, that are going to be offered at the $10,000 reduced or the $10,000 discount, um, so rather than 49000 it's going to be $39,500. Um, they've already sold 560 within the first 24 hours. So... If, um, if you're on the fence, I'd probably jump on it sooner rather than later. I know that a couple of tuning companies jumped on and bought two because um, they want to do big turbo kits and everything like that. And well, this is the best way to do some R&D is getting a $20,000 discount on two cars. Yeah, um, a few of my mates have bought them here in Victoria and actually they're the third biggest state in terms of numbers, which is surprising yeah. when you look at them that New South Wales was the biggest ordering state compared to Queensland and Victoria. But yeah. you know they had massive problems problems when the ordering went online and for the first hour i don't think anyone really could could order anything and no, I, I had a look and i couldn't even see the point where you were meant to click an order so yeah i had issues with the app i believe and then yeah. the a lot of guys ended up ordering through the website but yeah my feed was full of guys uh sharing their you know confirmations that they yeah. bought them and and uh, most of them had, that I knew that bought them, well, I think everyone had bought them in white. And then one guy, I think, had bought them, bought, bought it in red. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm intrigued to see what it's like. One of my friends locally that's bought one has said, you'll uh, let me have a spin. So that might be my only chance <laughs> to, to drive one, I think. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm intrigued to see how long it takes them to sell the remaining you know, four hundred and forty odd vehicles. So I don't think it'll be long. Um, no. And yeah, I think uh, they're going to be you know pretty pretty popular once they land here in um, in November. Yeah, yeah. So definitely don't um, don't wait too long. And um, yeah, I, I wonder how that that delivery time frame is looking now because I wonder if they're bringing all thousand at once or if it's going to be spread over a I few think months. Be, I think it'll be spread over a few yeah. months. I would have thought. Yeah. Depending on how many they how many they get, they might do. Depends on what color well, you want as well, I guess. Exactly. Um, if, yeah. you, if you want white, you're probably going to be waiting a little longer than someone who maybe yeah. wants black or red. But, or you know, it's a short it's a short time frame. If they're yeah. ordering now and then coming in November, yeah, you know, that's maybe you know, sort of six to six to eight weeks. I don't know how long it takes them to to build them and stick them on a boat. So yeah, uh, I, I assume they've already got some on a boat, and that's going to be the actual to. yeah ones because yeah shipping times are really slow but it just goes to show just how popular they are it is uh and And how how many people have got money burning a hole in their pocket wanting a car like this it's it's not it's not the most practical it's not like a family mover or something it is a you know it is a bit more on the fringe of um you know a a discretionary purchase But look, yeah, uh, you know, I'm happy to see it. <laughs> I'm not discouraging anybody from buying it. Um, but yeah, I, I do hope that I will do get a chance to to get behind the wheel at some point. Um, maybe after the big long queue of buyers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but one thing that uh, has been, you know, sort of going to be facing stiff competition from this is the Hyundai i30n. Now they have done some uh, updates to the styling, the performance, the weight. Um, some of we've already discussed in other other um, episodes previous. But to give you a quick recap uh, with some of these details, so, yeah, they will have, firstly, an option for lights, lighter seats. Um, so that will save about 2.2 kilos in the seats themselves. So um, 
And they do quite, you know, they do look quite nice. Uh, they are doing new 19-inch forged alloy wheels, and, and um, that will save about, I think, it's, what was it, about 14 kilos on there, which is huge for unsprung weight. So it's amazing that they've been able to squeeze that much um, out of it, and, and I assume they've been able to do an awesome deal uh, for production because those forged alloys don't come cheaply. Not normally, um, no. No, and uh, and obviously the biggest change in the updated i30N that will be coming will be the NDCT. So, so far, both in the fastback and the hatchback, it's been manual only. But now for the first time, we're going to be having a wet type eight-speed dual-clutch transmission with paddle shifters and also three new end performance functions for what they're calling a sportier experience. Um, so if you're going to the track um, and you do want to have a bit more of a track-focused car, this probably is the, the version for you. Um, obviously, the the Hyundai's warranty also still covers your warranty use, your, your track usage as well, which is fairly unique in terms of cars, particularly in this price bracket. Um, but yeah, so it's coming uh, first half of twenty twenty one. So uh, that gives them a six month window. But uh, I probably I probably shouldn't. I have a feeling it's going to be in the first quarter. Yeah, you'd uh, like we'll see this. You'd like to think so. Yeah. I'm in, very intrigued to drive the the NDCT and see what it's like, um, particularly in the um, in the in the fastback. I think that'd be you yeah. know, quite interesting. So particularly yeah. when they've developed Hyundai and Kia do love to develop their own transmissions. So yeah, it is um, nobody apart from the uh, what is it the Veloster N um, in other markets that they have, which is got the same dct uh we wouldn't we we wouldn't have really necessarily experienced this dct yet so i want to know what sort of what what characteristics does it retain from the other models and um yeah going from there but giving a quick glimpse into the future hyundai shared a few details of an electrified rm 20e prototype um to show where that's sort of going um and where they sort of they see the future of end coming from so this has 596 kilowatts of power 960 newton meters of torque um which is monstrous uh coming out of an electric motor uh zero to 209.88 seconds zero to 100 in less than three um but basically it kind of looks like a they've they've squatted down and and molded a, an i30 and a Veloster together uh to create this prototype but um but i'm liking that they're thinking electric and thinking you know a this looks like a race car but you know at the same time they're looking at how this could become you know uh, a future of you know uh, of a road car um, performance particularly they're spending a lot of money going into electrified and obviously it makes sense that they take those um performance models in that same direction yeah it's interesting the rm product prototypes that they've had now which go back to you know the rm 14 15 16 19 yeah. and then obviously this new 20e 
uh, yeah, look, you know, it's great to see someone like Hyundai going out and creating these products, yeah. looking at, you know, pushing the envelope, creating different things, particularly along, you know, we've talked a little bit about already about, you know, electric cars and, and race cars and series and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. If they were to turn around and make a, a, a one-make series of these to run alongside, you know, World Touring Car or TCR series or something like that, you know, it, it's it's pretty cool to see and then pushing the boundaries of what it'll do, you know, it does not to 100 in three seconds you know 600 kilowatts almost a thousand newton meters of torque yeah <laughs> it's uh it's impressive stuff yeah it's uh definitely <laughs> it's performance orientated let's just say that <laughs> um but yeah no that's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun but one thing uh that might not be so much fun or at least saving a little bit of stress let's say that um for honda if you're wanting to get your hands on a civic type r limited edition which we spoke about a couple of weeks ago um you don't have to fret in terms of racing in to try and purchase one because Honda Australia are doing a special lottery draw for this one. So you have a period of time uh, to, to register interest. You just need to pop down to your dealer um, and uh, basically, yeah. So out of the put 20 put that are coming... On, get the entry form, put your name on the list. Yep. Uh, they're bringing 20 here, but you're only going to have 19... Yeah, available to pick from because they're going to keep one, which they've done with a couple of different models. Um, with their previous top R's, they still have mm-hmm. the the one that um, Jensen Button set the record the record with at yeah. Bathurst, and then they have the gold wrap one and stuff as well. So yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's cool that they're keeping one of these uh, themselves. Um, but there's only a sort of a thousand units globally, so um, you know they're the um, hundred that they had in Canada was snapped up really quickly. So, mm. yeah, look, this is a way to do it uh, to to ever get everyone a fair chance. Um, they say that if you, you know, if you in the draw and you um, uh, you turn it down, that it'll go to the sort of the next person, the next eligible entrant will be drawn from the list. So, yeah, you know, it's a fair fair way to do it. So, yeah. I think uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what kind of pickup they get for it and how, uh, you know, sort of how popular it is. Yeah. No, so it's, uh, yeah, I think it's a good way. And uh, if anybody's been following the NVIDIA 30 series graphics cards debacle, um, <laughs> this is probably the better way to do it uh, than, than some of the other stuff, uh, particularly if any gaming consoles uh, have been horrible to try to get your hands on lately. So, yeah, so that's a good move, smart move. Um, but one one interesting thing with what Mini are doing here in Australia, so what they're doing to make uh, the introduction of owning an electric vehicle a little bit um, a little bit easier, a little bit more welcoming, is uh, what they're calling a, a Mini Dynamic Mobility Package. And essentially, what it means is it's it's a whole inclusive package where. Um, it's it's uh, you pay a three thousand dollars deposit, you pay two hundred seventy five dollars a week for the first uh, two years, um, and then for the next two years after that, you pay ninety eight dollars a week, um, and but it includes so that's obviously a vehicle um, which is the mini EV, 
uh, but it also includes a mini wall box, which is a, a, a fast charger for your home that will um, obviously take less time. So 80% charge for the mini electric hatch in less than four hours, as well as public charging cables, five-year mini service inclusive, as well as five years of roadside assistance. Um, and then you do get the additional option to escape the city. So if you do want to go on a, a road trip somewhere um, where you're going to be out of range for your mini electric you can actually swap in for a mini countryman once a year so that's uh, i think that's pretty cool and um yeah i think that's a it's a, it's a unique proposition uh helps make uh you know owning a, an electric vehicle and getting over that hump a little bit more uh tolerable yeah it's a great idea it's a very smart move by yeah. bmw mini to create this especially the fact that you know it enables you to borrow a countryman for the weekend yeah um it's only once a year but, you know which is which is a bit low like are uh, doing it twice couple, a year with yeah. their extra car package but um you know it, it, it the option is there if you want it it's cool that you get the the wall charger as well, and yeah. you know you're literally paying it, and it's cheap to start with. It's a three thousand dollar deposit, so yeah. you know, I think we're going to see probably this is a you know mini is starting with this. I think it'll be interesting to see if more brands follow this um, route with electric electric cars to give owners the ability to you know do more and and have that ability to swap out yeah. but need another car. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's clever, and um, yeah, particularly perhaps people who are thinking about these cars are, might be hit by a little bit of uh, range anxiety. Um, but yeah, no, it's the, and they've already delivered one. So Brisbane Brisbane Mini Garage here, uh, with the first in the country to hand the keys of um, of uh, you know an aptly uh, British racing green uh, model. Um, to an, funnily enough, an electrical engineer. So, yeah, I think it's um interesting step forwards, um, and hopefully we see a little bit more of that. But um, but let's jump on quickly. Some of the something we're toying of including every week is just uh, the the re- a recap of the latest safety ratings from ANCAP that have come in. Um, so this week uh, we'll, we'll touch on a few of the ones that have happened recently, and then uh, if any new ones pop in, we'll we'll do that moving forwards. But first off the off the rank, obviously the Toyota Yaris five star ANCAP. So that was tested in August, and then uh, the Isuzu D Max five stars as well for the you know the, and that was done as. September. So this is the new model that's just arrived. And um, the latest one is the Ford Puma, uh, which is also received a five-star a five-star ANCAP rating. So um, doesn't not really surprising anybody. Probably the, the dual cab to the D-Max is the not the least surprising, but the probably the most welcome five-star because dual cab utes usually struggle, not just the Isuzu, but other brands because of the, the safety features and the active safety features that they've previously been lacking. So it's great um, to, to see that they've got that, got that here already. Um, but yeah, so nothing too surprising in that, in that realm. Uh, if there was a four or three star, we'd probably be going, Hey, this is, we've got something to concern yeah, about. Yeah, we're worried if we did. But you look at the across the board with the rest of the numbers that they use in terms of, you know, occupant safety and then the other specs, but they all, those, all those three score reasonably well across the board yeah. uh, and quite highly. And, um, you know, we, we, we talked about the Yaris and it's, higher price but you look at the percentage that it's scoring across all all areas and it's very well you know very well scored so you know there's obviously a reason you're paying for safety at the end of the day 
Yeah. No, look, um, look, uh, we normally jump on bring a trailer, but I think we just, uh, we, I'm, I'm conscious of time. I don't want to miss this first. Uh, um, if we've got time at the end, we might jump into it. So let's let's jump on to the international news quickly. Um, we've only got a few items this week, but I think they're they're kind of the interesting ones. So we've got the Volkswagen ID4, Joel. Yeah, we talked about this as this was coming um, not that long ago that the ID series um, that VW have been working on, you know, there's also, we saw some spy photos not that long ago of, um, the, I think, the ID5 or the ID6 that have been yeah. testing. And yep. there was a, a video that Volkswagen uh, released that was showing that they were doing some testing of the ID4 in the US. But it's now been released. Um, it's had its digital world premiere. Uh, and it's their first fully electric-driven SUV. Um, which is, you know, it's exciting. Um, we're basing this off a, a UK release. There's been no yeah. word on whether or not this will be coming to Australia. Um, they are saying that it's going to be available, I believe, in Europe and the US. But mm. uh, I'm excited to see whether this technology comes down under Um and that, you know, we are seeing a few more, particularly, you know, Audi are bringing in their electric SUVs um, with their sort of e-tron series. So, mm. yeah, you know, they're talking about a range of up to 520 Ks, which is, you know, that's that's impressive range uh, in terms of what it'll, what it'll get out of it. Um, and, you know, that's the kind of numbers now where you could happily drive, you know, decent, decent Ks. Uh, and depending on the, the, you know, the way that you can work with the the charging systems and stuff like that, you know, yeah. it's one of those things that you could live with day to day fairly easily. So, yeah, it's talking about um, battery stores, 77 kilowatts of energy. Uh, the range is 520Ks, um, not to 100 of 8.5, top speed of 160, 21 centimeters of ground clearance, which isn't, which isn't bad. Mm. Um, and, yeah, you know, it, it's... It's a, it's a good looking car. The, the the images that they've released of it, you know, are, are quite good. It's that really lovely blue paintwork. Um, you know, it it does look like a stunning car. It's got nice big rims on it, which are always good. Two tone roof and stuff like that. So mm. yeah, I think it's uh, it's interesting. I'm hoping that maybe they might bring it here. Yeah, look, we're slowly getting more electric models. I know that from the from the Audi, you know, the Volkswagen Automotive Group, we've been a bit thin on receiving the electric models here, but with the, that tap is, you know, it's slowly turning on for us. So yeah, I um I hold hope that we do see it soon. Don't know what price. Hopefully, with it being Volkswagen, they will be quite aggressive with price if it does come here. Um, but yeah, obviously it's a, you know, it's a good looking SUV, but one that probably Pips all electric SUVs so far is the Ford Mac E, and most importantly the GT model. Um, in its sort of, you know, at the moment Ford, are, are, you know, celebrating their zero to 60, 62 time, which is three point seven seconds, um, which is pretty impressive uh, from a car like this. Obviously, it's not going to be like any other um, performance models. You know, one-off models I've been playing around with in. Uh, videos or anything like that, but for a standard road car, I think that's a that's more than fast enough for most people. Yeah, and the range they're saying, you know, they're targeting three hundred and ten miles, which is about five hundred k's. So, yeah. you know, that's pretty. 
that's pretty good. They reckon with you know most of them can normally do sort of three thirty five where the real on the in the all wheel drive models where the real wheel drive will do three seventy nine. Yeah. Um. You know, it's interesting that they're launching this in Europe. I'm guessing that it's going to be aimed more at continental Europe more than the UK yeah. because yeah. If they're only making it in right hand drive in left hand drive. Then mm-hmm. it seems to be more that side of Europe than sort of England where you know if it was basically right hand drive they might bring it here like they did with the yeah. Mustang. Yeah. You know, so yeah, interesting to see what it'll do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's impressive specs from from that. But we always knew that when they were, when they were naming it uh, a GT model that it was going to have some impressive you know sports specs as part of it absolutely and i think they've been very clever in warming people up to the idea of you know the the mac e there was a lot of a lot of resistance to that being called a mustang and all that kind of thing and i think they've been very clever in how they're positioning it and how they're really touting its performance and i think so master stroke from ford so far and they've done you know they've done quite well with a number of the models that they're they're launching at the moment so yeah i think it's very clever from them and um yeah it's an electric model come on build a build a right-hand drive model. Yes, um, please. How, how hard can it be for an electric car? Um, one that I don't know we will necessarily receive down here because Peugeot aren't really making huge numbers down here in terms of sales volume. But the, but I just love the photos that they've released, and that's really why I've, I've included it in the notes because the interior looks insane, the wagon looks insane, even the sedan looks insane. And that's the Peugeot 508, um, but it's a 355-horsepower plug-in hybrid. And so it's got these awesome um, – the, the, the shots they've got here are grey with green highlights, kind of like the Porsche yeah. green, which they use in the hybrid models. But, yeah, the, the use of the angles and the performance, the lights, everything just goes, wow, this is a great-looking car, and the wagon looks even better. Yeah, it's a good-looking thing. I actually saw one of these um, – this sort of generation design of Peugeot uh, during the week yeah. uh, when I was out walking. And, yeah, it's it's a good-looking design, like it, particularly in that sort of maroon colour they've been doing. But, yeah, when this came out during the week, I tagged our co-host Mickey in it. And, uh, yeah, he was in agreement that it's a, it's a good-looking thing, both of us loving the, the wagon design. And, uh, yeah, it's a good-looking thing. I'm intrigued to see whether they're going to bring it here. Yeah. Um, so far, all the stuff's come out of Europe, nothing from Peugeot Oz, but um, we can only hope that, you know, this could shake up the the, the wagon market, but knowing our luck, it yeah. may not. Because we really know, like, at the moment, with the lack of charging infrastructure, the plug-in hybrid is really the sweet spot right now. We, oh, we yeah. talked about it with the Ionic, and, you know, that's one of the rare models where you have a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, and fully electric version. And, you know, the plug-in hybrid is really the sweet spot right now, uh-huh. um, and it will be for the next number of years because the infrastructure won't come happen overnight. And so this is where you get the absolute best of both worlds and um like you know for example with the mini to help alleviate that that range anxiety or to help if you want to go out back you know they're giving you the option to to jump into another you know combustion car in that meantime but with this you know you can go as far as you want because you can always still fill up the petrol tank if you really want to. And the best thing with Peugeot is they've been quite aggressive with this. So it's not as fast as the prototype they showed off, which is at 400 horsepower. So it is a little bit down on power, but it's probably, you know, the mixture of everything. But, you know, the 1.6 litre four cylinder twin E motors, um, 
you know, it's zero to 62, so zero to 105.2 seconds, and it's electronically limited to a 250Ks per hour. Um, and, you know, Peugeot were aiming for the performance target of the Audi S4. And I think that's a very clever sort of angle to go past and yeah, go. Yeah, it's a good, good hey, one to be targeting. Exactly. So, yeah, so this does wear the Porsche Sport, uh, not Porsche, Peugeot <laughs> Sport Engineered. See, you don't really say those names, those those words together too often. So you say a lot more recently. is they build that brand and as I said, exactly. they're, they're coming back to Le Mans. So they're building, they're building that brand. And I think that's what we're going to see more from them in, in that respect as that grows and it'll be as popular as most of the other, you know, Audi Sport and the rest of those ranges that, that have that motorsport. Absolutely. Yeah. So look, that's where I hold a hold hope out for Australia, but just because we do love our performance models here and we usually, you know, we spend a little bit more um, on those, you know, I think at the moment for M vehicles uh, with BMW, we used to have, I don't know if it's still current, but we have more per capita than anywhere else in the world. Um, so if that says anything, other brands are probably looking at it and going, okay, yeah, cool. There's, you know, there's a market there. It's just how much can they appeal to it? That's, oh. that's you know, that's the question. Um, but look, is there is there anything else that, we sh- that we've missed? Um, or, you know, if anybody listening, you know, if they want us to... Uh, to, to to review a particular car or look at a particular news, you can always email us at shows at dailyautofix.com. Um, but we do have the Sochi Grand Prix coming up. Uh, Hamilton is looking like he's going to be getting a penalty for, I don't know if he's been given it yet, um, but for doing a practice start in the non-designated area. Um, <laughs> so he is That's on pole at the well moment. For him. <laughs> yeah, no. So we've got a we've got Verstappen second fastest, Bottas third, um, Sign. Oh, was it Perez in fourth? Uh, Ricardo in fifth. Uh, who do you think is going to win? Who who oh, would it's you? Gonna, it's going to be Mercedes. <laughs> Either <laughs> one of the two boys. It's just as far as you guys. I'd like to be proven wrong, but yeah. They're just too dominant, too dominating Look, at the moment. Fingers crossed. Netflix are recording, you know, are filming Mercedes this weekend. Um, and whenever Netflix film Mercedes, they never have a good uh, weekend. So um, I think Mercedes on social media <laughs> said, you know, um, they acknowledge that even though they have a perfect record in Russia. Um, but yeah, I, I do think Mercedes. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, hopefully, you know, I kind of hold, hold out hope that Bottas can. But hey, I'd be uh, Ricardo does know. He he joked that um, he is on the correct side for the. Uh, he's been watching some of the Formula Two races, and he's been going that the side that he is starting on is the ideal side to get through turns one and two. And, um, you know, so he's cheekily said that, yeah, he wasn't able to get pole position, but, you know, this is the next best spot for him. Um, so, you know, I'd love to see a wild card finish and, and, and have Ricardo end up on top and and end the streak Mercedes have been on in Russia. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. We'll um, give you a report next week of where, yeah. thing, where things are, and yeah, we can uh, we can go from go from there. But um, yeah. yeah, there was a big incident in the F two race as well. Two guys crashed out, and uh, both of them walked away from the crash. But cars on fire and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, this is mm. um, should be an interesting race tonight. 
Absolutely. Well, look, we'll um, we'll leave it here. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes um, or even on Spotify. Uh, if you've got any feedback, send it through to us, shows at dailyautofix.com. Um, but you can follow me uh, at Daily Autofix. It's usually the easiest way. Um, and jump on our YouTube. We'll be uploading things every week now. And, um, yeah, we'd love to, to get you seeing that. You can always follow Joel at Joel Strick Photo on the, on the social media. And um, obviously follow Daily Autofix. You can can visit us on pretty much everywhere um but until then thank you joel thanks for joining us thanks ash all right thank you and uh thanks for for listening uh of course it's uh, that's why we do it and um yeah we'll uh, see you here this time next week speak to you next week see ya